0: you are listening to the mythical jesus podcast taking the christ of faith seriously a podcast that dives into faith development cognitive development using jesus as the framework for that we dive deep into the jesus of the new testament showing him as the preeminent example of development and what that development looks like buckle your seatbelts Sit back, enjoy the ride. This is going to be a lot of fun because diving into the Jesus narrative has never been done like this before. You can visit our website at Christoffaith.org. On the site, you will find tools, resources, documents to help you in your faith development and to better understand Jesus, the teacher, and his role in that. And now, onto what you've been waiting to hear. Come thou of every Welcome back to the Mythical Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. Grateful that each of you are tuning in today. We've begun to see some donations come in, and I've got three things I want to cover today. But first, let me say we are going to be in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29 today. But before we get into that, I want to cover three quick things. One is the idea of donations. This podcast survives on donations, and we're still early, right? We're in the early uh, episodes, somewhere around uh, the early 20s, and uh, we know it's going to take some time to get this off the ground. But if you're enjoying this podcast, if you are uh, appreciating the conversations around development and around human growth and the example that Jesus is to us of that, uh, and looking at these scriptures with new eyes, would you please consider going to ChristOfFaith.org, hitting the donation button in the header, and making a uh, a one-time donation if you'd like. But even better would be if you could make a recurring donation uh, of four bucks a month, or ten dollars a year, or a hundred bucks a year, or uh, fifteen bucks a month. Whatever you're capable of doing. It will help this podcast. Uh, this podcast needs to survive, and to do that, it has to survive on the donations of listeners. Uh, so I hope that you'll donate. Uh, we are a 501c3. You can So your donation is tax-deductible uh, uh, inside the United States. And if you would uh, consider today making a recurring donation to the Mythical Jesus podcast at Christoffaith.org, The other thing is we've got interviews coming, so this has been the plan all along, is to go through the New Testament, having conversations around these scriptures, but also at some point to start to pick up on uh, uh, well-known pastors or uh, ministers within certain faiths who have had conversations around this idea of development, to talk with authors of books, uh, those who are well-known for speaking on these kinds of topics. We've already interviewed John Shelby Spong. Uh, John Shelby Spong uh, is a bishop, uh, retired uh, within the Episcopalian faith, and a well-known uh, theologian and uh, speaker on like this development, and kind of looking at Jesus with new eyes and being less than literal, perhaps, uh, in the way that he frames it, or at least framing it in a new way. Uh, also, I want to reach out to each of you as listeners. If there's listeners out there who have had a faith journey, where you've gone through this developmental process, and you found ways to still uh, encapsulate some spirituality in your life, and it doesn't matter whether it's in the Christian tradition, or if it's in another tradition, all we want to do here is, is share wisdom share ideas, share concepts that people can learn and grow from, that they can wrestle with. And so if you've had a faith journey that you think would be interesting to share on a podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can email the podcast. You can email me directly, in fact, at junior at gmail.com. B-I-L-L-R-E-E-L-J-R at gmail.com. Now, onto the episode. So we're in Mark chapter 4, 26 through 29. In a couple of episodes ago, we talk about this parable of Jesus telling the story of uh, the, the person who goes out and casts a seed all over, some on uh, the path, some on thorny ground, some on stony ground, and then on the good soil. And, and then, so he tells that parable, but here at some point later on in Mark, where we're into uh, chapter four again, verses 26 through 29, here's what it says. It says, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know what, know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. So, as this one was shared, there's a couple of ideas that resonate here uh, in this story, in this analogy that Jesus tells. And, And first off, recognize that Jesus is so proficient at sharing analogies or parables or ideas. And one of the things I'm always impressed by, because here on this podcast, we don't feel a need to impose Jesus uh, as a completely, fully historical figure where every story about him has to have absolutely happened. But one thing I do walk away with is that the authors of these books, whoever they are, these authors have a certain level of wisdom. They have a certain level of wherewithal. They have a certain level of being shaped or somehow stuck maybe in their own culture, stuck somehow in their own, uh, the way in which their culture deals with gender, uh, the way that the culture deals with race. And, and those types of influences place limitations on these authors. In other words, there's a certain amount of capability within them because of their surroundings, because of how they were raised, because of what their culture is. And somehow in the New Testament, whoever Jesus is, he comes forth with, to me, a, a greater wisdom a greater proficiency, a greater confidence than these authors are, are capable of on their own. And again, I don't, I don't mean for that to mean anything other than for you to sit with this story and this personage, Yahshua bar Yosef, to sit with Jesus and to not have to fight on one side of the coin or the other, to not have to fight that, hey, we have to take all of this as literal and, you know, the, the, the scriptures are uh, perfect and authoritative in this way, or on the other hand, to just throw the towel in, to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, like, this story's made up and, and there's unhealthiness in the scriptures, so let's just cast it aside the reality is let's sit somewhere in that tension and let's wrestle with these stories and let's grasp that on some level there is deep wisdom in the telling of the jesus story so as the seed is cast around What we recognize is that the person casting the seed, not that there isn't hard work involved, right? Like if we go into a field and we truly want to grow a lot of crops and we want those crops to grow up strong. We want those crops to grow up uh, in a way that we're going to harvest enough food to feed our family. or Or even better, we're going to harvest enough food to feed our community. And to be able to sell and make a living off of. If we're going to do that, certainly the person casting the seed, the farmer per se, has a lot of work to do. He has to make sure the ground is suitable. He has to till the ground. He has to ensure that the ground gets enough water. Which in their day, there isn't the irrigation in the way we think. So if there's not enough rain, if there's not enough water being uh, directed off to his field, then then these crops don't stand a chance, right? So on one side of the coin, this farmer has to do his part. He has to do a bunch of work, preparation, and then during the growth. And then once the crop is grown, he has to go harvest it. He has things that he has to do. But sometimes we think like it rests with us. Like it's up to us to do something. And we're the ones who are the master of our own lives. And so whenever something good happens in the world, whenever um, I I get a promotion at work, whenever I get a raise at work, whenever my bosses say, good job. Like we often think like, yep, that was me. I did that. Good job. Pat me on the back. But the reality is there's another side of the coin, which is that the world is doing things without you that contribute to who you are and what your life looks like. And so while this farmer casts the seed on the ground and he has to do some things, and so he certainly can cause the failure of these crops by his own negligence. The reality is that these seeds do a lot of work. They do a lot of their own job without him even present. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how. See, he doesn't even know how it happens. You know, I sit down at night and I sit and watch a television show with my wife. And it's, we're watching Blacklist right now, which, by the way, is just an incredible show. We're still in season one. Uh, I've been told that the, the seasons after kind of dry out a little bit. But season one has been fascinating and such an intelligent show. And, uh, and I sit and watch that show on this thing called a TV. And I've got no clue how a TV works. I pick up a telephone. My, I've got a cell phone. And I have no idea how that cell phone works. Much of the world operates without us even knowing how and without us contributing to it at all. That's the reality. So this seed, whether he sleeps or gets up, it sprouts and grows and he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. The good or bad we do, the seeds we scatter, like we do all these acts of goodness and kindness or of, of deception and manipulation all through our day. And those acts, they certainly mean something. They put a ripple into the water of a pond of life. And those ripples extend. They, they cause good and bad to happen. Even when we sleep, the things we've done have ramifications and repercussions. Our actions are ripples in the water. And even after our eyes no longer see that ripple's movement, that ripple is still having an effect on that water. And that ripple has an effect through time and space. And here's what I mean by that. Because throughout the podcast, you'll probably hear me say time and space on more than one occasion. When I say time, I'm talking about if we were to look forward in time into the future, the things we do today have an impact on the future. In terms of my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-great-grandkids, on and on and on. It also has an impact on others into the future around me. At the same time, it has an impact on space. In other words, if I look to my left and my right, As I proceed through time, my actions impact the very moment of those around me. And one of the things that happens in development, we've talked about this, is that you get really good at perspective taking. Whereas in egocentricity, you're thinking about yourself and then you move on to thinking about your tribe. At some point, you take on the perspective of seeing into time and space, you begin to perceive the ramifications and repercussions. And I don't mean it like in a crazy magic way, like you have a crystal ball and you see the future. Rather that you have an awareness, you're present in the moment to your life that when you make decisions, you don't make a decision simply because your ego tells you to. Simply because your ego wants to enjoy something right now. Your perspective taking has the ability to say, but I don't think that's good for me across time and space. And so as we develop, we begin to sense the seeds that are in the ground, even though we can't see them. We create ripples every day, both good and bad. And lots of things are happening without our contribution at all. Sometimes we can't fix something, no matter how much effort we put into it. Sometimes good things happen to us completely outside of our own choices and behavior and motivation and effort. Those ripples that you create and those ripples that others create that impact you are the only true eternal thing left behind when we are gone. Do you sense that? Like someday I'm going to die. Someday I will be no more. And my kids will have the memory of me. And my grandkids might even have the memory of me. And my great-grandchildren probably won't have a memory of me. But they'll have the stories of me told by their parents and their grandparents. But what if we go another generation or two forward? At that point, nobody even knows you existed nobody even cares. You're simply a stone marker on some space of land. The only thing you've left behind is what the ripples that occurred either from your hand or from others towards you, what those ripples did a hundred years later, what they turned into, what they meant, And what this does for me is it causes me to pause and to look at my own life and to, again, be present and to be aware and to think about ramifications and repercussions and to make decisions not based in my ego, which I hope we get into lots of conversations talking about how one can set their ego aside and make healthier decisions being present and aware so that you can sense the impact you have on time and space so that when you're gone in 500 years, there's something good on this planet because of the ripples that you were a part of. This has been the Mythical Jesus Podcast. I'm Bill Real. See you next time. every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace streams of mercy never cease.